you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Welcome to Witch Police Radio. Um, as people who listen to the show for a long time know, I like to get as varied as I can as far as genres. And I mean, you know, one one episode I could be talking to a country singer, the next a rapper, the next a classical artist, the next, a, you know, anything really. It's, it's pretty wide range as long as there's a Manitoba connection. And uh, for this episode of the podcast, uh, I'm going somewhere I haven't really been before. I've definitely had jazz artists on the show in the past, but uh, today we're talking about the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra, which is um, something else entirely. I mean, at least in terms of size, <laughs> in terms of the... Uh, amount of people involved in these projects. So I, I think that the best way to start this off is if my guest wants to introduce himself and give a bit of background about the orchestra, because I know you've been around for a long time uh, doing this, but uh, yeah, let's start from there. Right. My name is Richard Gillis. Um, I've been with, the, I guess I was the co-founder of the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra in 1997, okay. which puts us in our 26th season now. And um, yeah, when, when, uh, Sasha Boychuk, a saxophone player, and myself started the group in 1997. Our, our vision was to have a concert series, have a concert jazz band. And because there was so much great big band music out there uh, and, and still being produced. And, you know, most people, when they think of big band, they think of their first thought would be the swing era and Glenn Miller and, and popular bands from that pre- period of time. And some of those were, I mean, there were great bands and there were a lot of them at that time at being the popular music of the time. But since then, there's been fabulous music being produced and more um, listening music and art music as opposed to dance music as it was in the swing era. Yeah. Well, and so uh, that's a long time to, to have been around for any any type of group to, to have that kind of uh, that kind of history going, going back to the late 90s. How is the, I mean, it's obviously a large group. It's a big band. How how much does the membership of the group kind of shift from year to year and from project to project? Is it a pretty set uh, group of people or is it fairly fluid? Well, to begin with, it was pretty set. And it was it was set for many years until after about 10 or 12 years, I began to say to the group, you know, there's so many great players in town in Winnipeg. There's so many great players and people, young players coming up and things like that. So rather than wait for somebody to be away or sick or something like that. I, I told everybody, listen, you got to take a concert off a year. And then it turned into a, maybe a little bit more. I tried to increase the number of activities we were doing so that we could incorporate more players. In the last um, few years, probably the last four years, we started to say, all right, this is, we are a nonprofit institution that 
uh, represents our community. Yeah. And so we can't just be a band. We have to be an organization that focuses on the, the important things, which is make the best music we can, but also really support the growth of, of big band in terms of an artistic endeavor and also as a community endeavor. Um, involve more players, think about, um, think about diversity and inclusion. And so we've really made a point of, of trying to increase the activities that we do so we can involve more people. We keep the people that have been with us originally as much as we can involved um, in our performances, but we are really trying to, you know, increase the female players, especially, but just trying to make connections with communities as well. So right now we probably, this year we'll probably rotate about 42 or three players through the group. So, um, and we're quite, we're quite happy with that progress that we've made in that area. We, cause I think it develops the players better, helps people get to know each other, keeps everyone on their toes a little bit. Uh, you can get kind of lazy. I think if you, if you are the, if you expect, you know, all the gigs, if you, if you, if it, if you'd say it like that. But, yeah, sure. Um, sure. Well, and I guess as far as, I mean, that diversity, uh, is there a pretty wide age range in terms of, uh, you know, who's involved in the orchestra from younger players, older players, up and coming ones as well? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the key is, as long as you play well enough to fit into that kind of a format, because we also do education and outreach. We have big band workshop for high school students and um, we have online resources and, uh, you know, but as players develop, if we're able to involve them, we certainly try to involve them. We have, we, I had a project this past year that I got some uh, funds to commission five, you know, developing composers and, and artists. And uh, we got them to write a piece and they were mentored by a Canadian jazz composer. And uh, we're just in the process of wrapping up um, recording those tunes as well oh cool okay well and that sounds at least a little bit similar to this this new record that came out at the end of last month which is um voices of musical heritage and on, on this i mean you can definitely tell me more about it than than i'm going to tell you here because you, it's your project but i mean you have all these uh composers and people from different backgrounds um different cultural backgrounds different musical backgrounds bringing in sort of all of these varied aspects from different countries and, and different backgrounds and, and then sort of putting them through the uh the big band filter i guess um how did this get started how did this project uh get kicked off well we've been around for a while and we've been we've been searching for the right kinds of projects um that funders would be interested in funding you know canada council uh especially and so we had different projects and um we did a great project a few years ago canada 150 where we had um composers write things that you know movements that reflected some aspect of Canada. And that was a great recording. And um, then we hit on uh, the idea of combining composers from across Canada. So then we did a recording with uh, David Braid and Philip Cote, one from Toronto, one from Montreal. They didn't know each other, but they were great, both great composers. Put them together and they came up with a just a, an amazing suite. Yeah, that's a cool so, record, that one, the one the one you did those yeah, songs. Yeah. They, they did a great, great job. And it took us in a different direction than we would normally and it took the composers in a different direction. So for this one, uh, we started off with 
John Stetch, who's a Ukrainian background, and we asked him to do something that was related to his background. Uh, we expanded the project a little bit to have a few more composers, you know, reflecting the background that they're from. And they're, you know, even though they're, they're in Winnipeg, we're all influenced by our backgrounds. Um, and because of COVID, we, uh, you know, the project was delayed. Well, all of our projects, our last recording was delayed too, but this was delayed over two years. So during that time, we expanded the project a little bit. I got Dr. Henry uh, and to write a piece and to, uh, and uh, Marco Castillo to write a piece. Uh, so the project expanded, which was really worked out well for us. So, um, yeah, the whole idea came together early. And, you know, sometimes these, once you've figured it, once it's fully formed, the idea, it seems like, yeah, that's a no brainer. But at the time when you're developing these things, it's sort of like, it sort of pieces, comes together slowly. Yeah. But we started off with John Stetch and a couple of other pieces, and then it just kind of went from there. And we ended up with uh, eight different composers. I think it's a good reflection, too, on on how kind of varied jazz is as an umbrella genre of music. There's so many offshoots and subgenres and, and different regional and cultural differences. I mean, someone right. like Dr. Henry, his band is phenomenal, and, and I wouldn't necessarily... I don't think people would assume that he's a jazz player or has that kind of background listening to the kind of Afrobeat sort of style that he has with his own band and Marco Castillo as well. I mean, he's, he's doing the, the little Latin thing, but there's, there, it's all connected, right? There's all these different elements that, that go back to the umbrella jazz genre. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that jazz is, is uniquely able because it's so such an oral tradition and it picks up ideas from all over. I think it's, it's uh, positioned very well, to collaborate with all sorts of groups. I mean, you don't have to write music out. Yeah. Now with a big band, yes, you do, but um, there's ways that you can, I mean, there's ways that you can collaborate that are really, really interesting. It does take some arranging and thinking about, okay, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? But um, it's kind of positioned well to collaborate with uh, different communities yeah. and different cultures.
how much how much time goes into a project like this? I mean, I, looking at the credits on the on the on the CD, you have a lot of uh, different roles as far as production and arranging and playing on it. I mean, it seems like it's just gathering all of these composers first of all, and and getting their work and then arranging it for the the a band of this size. It's got to be uh, quite a an ordeal, almost in a positive way. I mean, whatever the positive version of an ordeal is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know anything you do that that is worthwhile that you think is is worth doing you don't count the hours yeah. it's only when you don't like something that you count the hours um there's i i i guess i started to count the hours when i was you know doing the in the studio um you know just being there with the other people that were recording and stuff i thought i'd just keep track and but you know it's it's a lot of hours um not just let's say doing the recording some sometimes it involves planning sometimes it involves just figuring out what what direction are we going to go on this or researching certain things that need to be done um yeah it, or or dealing with the composers sometimes just like working with them on getting their music done with dr henry what i did was um he I, I arranged it for him. He gave me a recording of his one of his tunes, or a couple of his tunes, and I picked one of them. And I thought, man, this is this is so great. And so, but I had to think, like, how am I going to translate this into a big band? How am I going to do this? So I just you get ideas and you write them down. Sometimes it takes you a certain direction. You decide, nah, and you scratch that and start over again. But um, so yeah, it's it's an enormous amount of hours but you don't count them because it's like as they say music is you play music you don't work music yeah yeah and um so i'm not i couldn't even i guess i could make a a wild guess but uh, a lot of time went into the uh composing and the arranging and the recording the planning and the recording and the grant writing sure and the and the grant reports, which still have to be finished up. Um, yeah. And in the marketing and the, you know, the whole idea and, and then the figuring out what you're going to do next. What's the next goal? Well, that was kind of what my next question was. Not necessarily what's the next project for the orchestra, but sort of what happens with this now? The album's out. You've, you know, it's a, the recording's finished. It's all, it's on a disc. It's online. People can hear it. Now, what do you do with it? I mean, I know we're kind of... Um, still in the uh, questionable time as far as COVID is concerned. Right. Uh, shows are happening, which is fantastic for all types of music, but who knows next week it, you know, it could change and, and things could go yeah. back to, to lockdown. And it, with such a big group, I mean, how do you sort of plan for what to do with this music now that it's out? Well, that's always a challenge because for me as a musician, uh, once you do a concert, it's done. You're practicing for the next concert yeah. or you're planning for the next season or you're planning and making grants for the next recording. So we have to challenge ourselves to kind of like, okay, let's, let's, what are we going to do with this one? So what we're going to do is, um, you know, try to get it out there to make sure that we have reviews. Reviews are very important. Um, beyond that, I mean, there's, you're right. Once it's out and once people have heard it, just hopefully as you build up um, a library of material that's that's good. I mean, I could talk to you about the Sweet 150 we did and 
1997. Just tremendous. It's a, it's a great, it's a great album. And in the Twisting Ways that we, our last one, um, also great. Just different, very yeah. different. And this one's probably the most, one of the most listenable albums. Um, you know, we except maybe our second one, which is like vocalist, lots of vocal tunes and things. And then we had a Christmas album, but this one just has got so uh, such a such a diverse sound, like through it. It's eclectic. Well, and that's hopefully can can appeal to people who maybe are a little hesitant about big band, or they have these associations, like you said at the beginning, that it's oh they think of the swing era and they they don't really realize that that it has progressed beyond beyond that that time period, right? They they'll hear all these different influences and different composers bringing their yeah. own sound to it. Yeah, yeah. Some people like. Like that, they really want it. They want to hear a melody, and uh, that's what you know. And if they can't quite tell it's a melody, it could be very beautiful, but to them, it, it's hard for them. Um, others, they really want like rhythm is what's really drives them. And uh, you know, this this particular album just just has a lot of both of those. And uh, so, so I just think it should be really accessible to people. But but we'll keep on, uh, you know, showcasing this album for the next little while. We actually have another album just in the works because we've had a backlog because of COVID. Sure. So we'll probably wait until early fall next year to, to release it. But uh, anyway, there's lots going on.
With this, with this album and with the you know opportunities to perform it live, uh, perform uh, par- parts of it live, do you, uh, are you, are you, uh, have you uh, brought some of the composers in to participate in, in live shows, or are you planning on doing that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh, Rodrigo Munoz uh, often is plays with performances with the group. He uh, performed last December with us last Christmas, um, and uh, just trying to think, uh, you know, uh, Marco. Castillo, um, we're doing a, we're playing out of town. We're playing some in Manitoba concerts in January, and he's part of that. Cool. Um, Dr. Henry will be with us for an April, uh, March the 19th concert at CCFM. And uh, Jeff Preslav, yeah, he's coming on tour with us in December. And so, yeah, I mean, most people are from town, and you know, we'd like to bring John Stetch in at some point. Just when the time is right, we'll figure that out. Yeah, they're still uh, crowds are still audiences are still not what they were before pre-COVID. So, you know, we'll just scale back our size of our productions. 
Well, is is there a way to? I mean, when you're playing, when you're performing live, is it always? Are some of these pieces kind of whether it's this album or past albums, are they reworkable? So if you have a smaller version of the group that can be played as well, or is it always sort of requiring the full complement of the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra? Well, we are the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra is a is a jazz orchestra, so it is a big band. Yeah, and we uh, there have been times where you know people, even some of the players have said, well, why don't we do a you know, small, small group. And, you know, it's sort of like you can, but, you know, the energy you get when you get 16, 17 players um, on stage is like special. Yeah. And there's so much great music. Um, and it takes so much time to, to write the pieces in the first place that to scale them back, that would take just as much work. And, you know, so we have been able to work the pieces, um, you know, reuse pieces in, in other concerts? Absolutely. Because, uh, for example, we're doing The Grinch Who Stole Christmas on Thursday, this coming Thursday. And that was a program we developed for this particular year. Okay. And that was a lot of work. And that's it's turned out really well with Quinn Green as the narrator. And um, we're going to use that, bring it back every three years or something like that. It's We have a Charlie Brown Christmas uh uh, program that we do will do the same thing so the material off of this recording that we we have we'll we'll play it play, play some of the pieces uh occasion and work them in and probably we'll do another at least we'll we'll revisit this theme you know we'll revisit maybe a voices too where we can get again we've got eight pieces but there are more than eight cultures you know in winnipeg that you can draw from and so we'll just We'll just keep that idea flowing because, boy, there's so many people to uh, collaborate with. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting idea.
if, if people want to find out more about the orchestra and, you know, find out about upcoming performances, find out where they can hear some of the uh, older music and this album, what's the best way? Where would you point them online, I guess, to uh, to find out well, more? Certainly, certainly our um, our website, WinnipegJazzOrchestra.com, for sure. Uh, you can find the music on Bandcamp. That's a great place uh, to go. Obviously, Spotify and places like that. Trouble is we get, you know, a portion of a cent yeah. as opposed to, you know, Bandcamp works so much better. So, uh, WinnipegJazzOrchestra.com or Bandcamp are great places to check it out. We have a lot of resources on uh, WinnipegJazzOrchestra.com too and um, play along kinds of materials and some educational videos. Um, we're, we also have available some, we're, we're, we're putting out um, concert videos this year. So we'll have six concert videos that we're making. We've already made three of them. Um, and we're just, you know, the, the Grinch program is gonna come online this Friday. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, so there's things there. And then as far as the uh, the physical CD, I mean, people can obviously order that online, but where else can they get it? Is it available at local stores here in Winnipeg? Well, it's it's available at our, at our concerts. Okay, that I makes know sense, that, yeah. I know that McNally Robinson in town has, has handled our things, uh, and we'll probably put some there, but certainly at our concerts. Um, I mean, who knows how long CDs will be a thing, but um, they still are. Some people. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm in that group. I still listen to. I, I haven't moved on to Spotify yet. I'm still listening to records and tapes and CDs. So there, we're out there. Yeah, <laughs> there's people out there. Yeah. The nice thing about a, a CD too uh, is that you know the artwork and the information. That's kind of like I don't know why Spotify and some of these groups don't have it so that you can access all the all that materials so you can see who's on who's on the album. You know, things like that. But some of the anyway. most important information right there is to find out, especially Absolutely. when the group is as big as yours, to find out who's, you know, you hear a solo, you want to know who's playing that and yep. then find their yep. other work. 